KBTC, a viewer-supported community service of Bates Technical College. From KBTC Public Television Studios in Tacoma, Washington. Welcome to the Steve on the Street podcast, a closer look behind the headlines as public policy and current affairs impact the real lives of real people. Hello and welcome to the Steve on the Street podcast. I am photojournalist and reporter Steve Kiggins. This podcast is produced by Northwest Now. Today we're talking about artificial intelligence, its explosion onto our consciousness, and its reach into almost everything that we can touch and do, especially in the public school instruction. Why this particular author was most suited to writing this text. So we're like, oh no, AI is going to be taking away all of our writing instruction and everything like that. This is a scored discussion. Gig Harbor High School English teacher Jessica Gillard prep students for a writing assignment that just a couple years ago didn't exist. And a lot of kids were like, well, we shouldn't let the robots take over. The research, study, writing, and editing required for today's homework encourages students to embrace the use of artificial intelligence. Sometimes I think the technology goes like really fast and then we have to kind of say, okay, we have to have some boundaries here. While much larger school districts in places like New York State and Seattle have pumped the brakes, in other places like the Peninsula School District in Gig Harbor, has instead chosen a measured yet thoughtful approach. My seniors, especially graduating from high school now, those entry-level data entry types of positions aren't going to exist anymore, so they're going to have to learn how to work with the AI in order to be able to function in society. We're kind of on the front line of it, but we're trying to see what we can do. Executive Director of Digital Learning Chris Hagel says the district worked alongside instructors to develop lesson plans in late 2022 and early 2023 that guide students across age groups how to use AI, like ChatGPT, to enhance instruction and help kids identify where the technology can fall short. You know, trying to stay on top of this is going to be impossible, but, you know, teaching kids to be critical thinkers and to be problem solvers and to utilize the tools that are available to them is the kind of skills that we need. It's almost impossible to predict where we're going to be in five years with this technology. And if you know anything about school districts, that you know that they move very slowly and that transformation is difficult. Christian Pinedo from the San Francisco-based nonprofit AIEDU is working with educators in school districts across America to navigate AI while advocating for digital literacy and equitable access to emerging technologies. Yet the potential AI has to transform society is enormous and partly because of its universal fit for a lot of different things. It is not something that gets pigeonholed into one field and is going to affect just that one field. It's going to universally transform tons of things. Um, and that's because AI itself is a very amorphic concept and its applications are something that we're starting to see more and more of. Okay, so you guys have- While some worry students may use AI to generate entire assignments, essentially cheating themselves into a passing grade. Instead, the Peninsula School District believes Kids and teachers can use AI as a tool, but not as a substitute for intelligence. That's what their jobs are going to be, right? So when we look to 
my seniors, especially graduating from high school now, those entry-level data entry types of positions aren't going to exist anymore, so they're going to have to learn how to work with the AI in order to be able to function in society. In Gig Harbor's Deep Kickens, Northwest Now. Next, we're going to have a conversation with Christian Pinedo with the AI Education Project. It's a nonprofit out of San Francisco, and they advocate for digital equity and equal access to technologies for all students and instructors. Bottom line, this technology is out, and those kids who don't have access to it might be left behind. Here is Christian Pinedo. Um, I head all the external affairs for AIEDU, so I work a lot with our um, partners, districts, um, and corporate partners as well to basically advance our mission. Got it. And it looks like just real quick, it looks like you're an educator yourself, right? This is yeah, already was... in your wheelhouse. Was that how recent was that, and did that incorporate like your understanding of what's to come and how that might have shaped where you are today? Yeah, I spent about seven years in the classroom, um, left the classroom in 2020 when a lot of other teachers did, and my career took a left field, and I focused a lot on AI. Um, went to go work at the Sanford Institute for Human-Centered AI and did a lot of deep learning myself and uh, basically the societal and human aspect of AI and its impacts. Um, and then as a teacher and as someone who cares deeply about like K-12 education, I was very, very, very motivated to come work for AIED, which is like kind of the perfect melding of those two worlds. Um, and obviously like the equitable, uh, the equity lens and the mission, how it's focused on societal impacts of AI and making sure that students are prepared for that and making sure that um, access is something that students have, uh, we focus on for students is like just another really big, just personal alignment for me too. Talk about um, uh, what's the pitch uh, from AI EDU? What is it that uh, your 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 message is to school districts or parents or whoever asks? Well, what do you guys do? Right? Yeah, this is something. So we've been working in the field of AI for since 2019. Um, so a lot of the work that we've done happened before this like hype has kind of generated out of um, the AI world, specifically within education. Um, since the day one, we've been advocating for AI literacy, which is very different from AI uh, technical education. We want to make sure that students are prepared, both students and teachers are prepared with the foundational understanding of what AI is, how it's going to be changing society, whether that's the workforce, whether that's personal lives, and how they're, they fit into that puzzle as well. Um, how it's going to be affecting students, how it's going to be affecting teachers, whether it's uh, transforming education as a landscape, transforming career pathways as a landscape, or just transforming um, mental health or societal health as landscapes as well. You know, we've seen quite a few things kind of disrupt our society and civilization <laughs> Uh, as we know it, uh, but this seems to ha have all the hallmarks that aren't fake. Like, I mean, we can write poetry and, and essays and literature just from an algorithm. I yeah. Mean, what's the real impact of this technology? And is this kind of a, uh, rising at a velocity that we can't even keep up? Yeah, the potential AI has to transform society is enormous and partly because of its universal fit 
for a lot of different things. It is not something that gets pigeonholed into one field and is going to affect just that one field. It's going to universally transform tons of things. Um, and that's because AI itself is a very amorphic concept and its applications are something that we're starting to see more and more of. Um, the reason why generative AI and things like ChatGPT have kind of blown up in the past, what, almost exactly a year now, um, is because we've kind of been given this concrete example about how this amorphic concept is going to directly affect people. Um, AI as a, as a research field, as a science, has been around for 20, 30 years. This isn't something that's coming out of nowhere. The reason why it feels like it's coming out of nowhere is because the advancement is just so fast. It's so immediately taking effect and it's so directly um, observable by everyone that it just feels like, wow, this is something that just popped out of nowhere. And you talk about this kind of amorphous uh, uh, by design, like it reaches its tentacles. I don't mean to be so dark about it, but yeah. <laughs> it reaches you know every corner of kind of what our our lives and studies and uh, entrepreneurship you know touch. So in terms of like if we've got a, a cohort of students in one district who has decided to work with it instead of shun it, and we've got you know the next door school district who says, "Whoa, we don't know how to like uh, even even uh, wrap our heads around this. We don't know how to make sure that kids aren't." like using it just to fabricate their assignments. So we're just not going to do anything. If we're talking a year or two of young people in public schools that don't have access to this with a public school curriculum, that doesn't seem like, doesn't seem like a long time, but it's probably yeah. an eternity, right? Yeah. And what we're, like, so we work with school districts all over the country. And what I'm finding is that there's a really big tension between two camps of thought. One is that a digital divide already exists and that AI is a tool that can be used to help close that digital divide and providing students with access to AI tools, providing teachers with access to AI tools and providing both of those groups with the foundational education to leverage those AI tools is a tool that we can use to close um, access gaps. The other camp is that AI is going to enhance or, or widen that digital gap that already exists, if not deployed mindfully. And right now, there's not a lot of space. There's not a lot of work being done in the policy world, in the data privacy world, in the um, bias mitigation world, where leaders feel that it's going to be enacted properly right now. And so those are the, the kinds of school districts that are kind of blocking it right now, probably with the understanding that this isn't something that can block forever, but they need to wait until they feel confident in the technology's ability to increase access rather than widen accessibility gaps. Which just likely exacerbates this issue of equitable access. So talk about that component of, of AI ideas. Yeah, there's a couple of things. So one is just um, opportunity, right? Like AI is going to transform what opportunity means to a student. It's already changing the workforce. We're seeing people in creative spaces. We are seeing labor unions talk about this. We're seeing how the workforce is really being transformed by AI. And so if a student is being prepared for this in um, school settings, then 
opportunity for them is a little bit more clear and it aligns a lot more with what's currently happening in the workforce. Um, and I think that's like super important for teachers and administrators to recognize is like that's something that already exists that we should be helping um, provide our students with. Um, without that opportunity right now, a lot of students might be um, going into the workforce underprepared compared to other students. And um, Steve Jobs often describes computers as a bicycle for the mind. And to build on that analogy, like AI is almost like superpowering that, right? It's almost like a giving your mind a, a car rather than a, a bicycle. And so students that are being prepared with that foundational understanding of what AI is, are going to be entering the workforce driving a car where other students are being entering the workforce riding a bicycle. And it's very hard to compete in those situations. And so that's kind of like the opportunity gap that's going to exist, maybe not immediately right now, but definitely in the next year or two, it's going to widen and widen. And so that's that. those are the kinds of gaps that we want to close by offering students and teachers um, tools to develop AI literacy amongst themselves and um, kind of spark their, their curiosity or innovation to explore AI tools as something that they can deploy. Uh, I don't want to make this sound like I'm throwing this out of a field, but I didn't mention it earlier. And if you don't have, you know, the the, uh, the scope or understanding to answer it, please don't feel you have to. Uh, I wanted to hear your reaction to President Biden's executive order in terms of AI that just came down a couple of days ago. What does that mean to to uh, your organization, and how that kind of folds into public education? I think it's exciting. Um, my immediate reaction is that I'm really happy that there's mindful inclusion of things like um, highlighting the existing bias that exists in AI, making sure that there's funding going into research to try and mitigate that bias, making sure that there's funding going to organizations like NIST um, in order to actually create robust AI risk frameworks that then can then be deployed by people that are building AI tools. So now private companies that are building AI tools have a framework that they can actually measure against to make sure that their tools are going to be safe, that their tools are not going to be extremely biased, that when they are deployed, there's a little bit more equity um, in mind when, when deploying things like that. And so I'm kind of happy to see that there's like a spotlight being being um, shined on like these kinds of spaces. Um, I think the the gap that exists right now is like the the executive order is like a, uh, a perfect state. This is what we want to be. This is not where we are right now. Um, it's kind of a call to action to make sure that both industry and government are going to be deployed in order to create those systems that are going to make sure that um, the technology is being going to be used responsibly throughout the country. Um, so I'm really curious to see what happens in the next several months as funding structures, as organizational structures are going to be deployed to make sure that we address those things. Christian, I, again, thank you so much for your time. I just have two more questions for you. Sure. One is which, um, you know, kids are pretty resilient. You know, young folks are uh, sponges and open to new experiences and probably not losing their mind, but I'm 45 and uh, this thing is like uh, Mount Everest. Right. So <laughs> in terms of policy, in terms of uh, like advocating for best practices, where is it that is there a continued roadblock or is that sort of kind of falling away as the more we see younger people use this technology? Right. What's the what's the biggest hurdle for for folks like what you do? I think the one of the biggest hurdles is 
grappling with the fact that whether we do something or not, students are going to be engaging with these tools. Um, whether students are aware of their, if they're engaging with these tools or not is also something that we just can't completely define. And so what we need to be mindful of is developing skills amongst these students to have a critical thinking lens when it comes to using technology. If students are aware of the potential red flags when it comes to AI, then when they're using it in their personal lives, and maybe they would be smart consumers, they'd be smart digital citizens when it comes to engaging online. Um, though, like That's the component I think is very difficult for us to grapple with because, especially in the education field, this isn't something that we can control purely via education. Um, a lot of this is happening outside of the scope of education. And so as educators, we need to think about what can we do within our scope to best prepare students for things, effects that are going to be happening outside of our scope. And honestly, it's a huge hurdle that, and it's a huge problem that is not, does not have any clear answers. Um, but I think educators and administrators everywhere are kind of starting to grapple with it and starting to take steps in order to address it. Uh, last question for you. Uh, it's not really a question. It's an invitation. You have an open mic. Is there something else you'd like to talk about that we haven't had a chance to cover already? Yeah. Um, I mean, a lot of these conversations are usually framed about how do we prepare students and how do we make sure the students are prepared for career fields and how, how to make sure access is, is uh there's a huge gap of access for students. And I also want to highlight the need to focus on teachers as well. Um, the uh, Just as AI is transforming uh, career fields outside everywhere else, I think AI is also going to transform the career field of education. I'm, I'm thinking of how amazing it would be for teachers to be equipped with really cool AI tools to help them in the classroom. Teachers are already like classically and in, 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 um, widely overworked and overstretched in a lot of different directions. And AI is a tool that can be used to help make mitigate those uh, those pressure points for teachers. Um, I want to think about not only um, how districts can make sure to support students in developing their AI literacy and their capacity for um, learning about AI tools, but I also want to make sure that districts are putting some systems in place to support teachers as well. Um, because this is a profession that is going to change. And if we're asking teachers to help prepare students for this, I, I want to make sure that teachers are, are um, a, a, is a profession that we start this work in as well. It, it feels like we've got eggshells underneath our feet. Sorry? <laughs> a little bit. It feels like we've got eggshells underneath oh, yeah. our feet. I mean, I mean just like the internet. Scary, like, but it's like, oh, what does all this mean? What are the implications? And are we going too fast? And the, the answers to those questions are out of our control. Oh, this is something that I deeply understand and I'm still scared by it, partly because like most transformational technologies, there's extremely amazing potential, but there's also extremely amazing risk involved as well. Um, it all comes down to its use and deployment. Um, it's very, very scary when you're an administrator and you're trying to make a decision about what's best for your district and you're not extremely clear about about how this is actually going to affect teachers and students. And so I like my heart goes out to, to people that are in these decision-making fields areas right now because there is no clear answer. Um, a lot of districts, some districts are taking the lead in, in transforming education and, and updating what they need to update in order to keep up with the AI revolution. And some districts are waiting and seeing. And I don't think any shame should go to those districts who are waiting and seeing because it's also it's just a scary thing to to try and deploy. 
Um, I'm really curious to see what happens in the next year and, and what learnings we can pull from those champion districts that are actually deploying some really innovative thinking. Um, I'm hoping that we can have a uh, take this as an iterative process and make sure that whatever we try when it comes to innovating in education, that we're also open to adjusting as needed. Um, they're also open, we're deploying systems that are uh, malleable and easily changed when we need to change because that's just how the technology is as well. The technology is changing so quickly that it's almost impossible to predict where we're going to be in five years with this technology. And if you know anything about school districts, that you know that they move very slowly and that transformation is difficult. And so keeping up with technology is, is a huge, huge, huge undertaking that district leadership is, is a, uh, approaching on right now. Um, so my heart goes out to, to those people that are trying to take on that challenge. So while quite a few public school districts have kind of pumped the brakes on incorporating artificial intelligence in their education, a lot of experts seem to think it's probably going to be short-lived. So thanks very much for joining us on the Stephen Street Podcast. Appreciate you taking time to dip in and check out what we're doing. Appreciate you being here. Until next time, I'm Steve Kickens. Take care.